0: is the emergency medical minute. Hey there. This is Karen Wolf I'm going to be talking about retropharyngeal infections in kids. Uh which uh, and these are infections that are typically uh, pretty unique to children. Um just to start, the retropharyngeal space is a space that extends from the base of the skull, base of the skull to the posterior mediastinum. The boundaries uh The boundary anteriorly is the middle layer of the deep cervical fascia, and posteriorly is the deep layer of the deep cervical fascia, Uh, and it communicates with a lateral pharyngeal space, which is bounded by the carotid sheath. This space contains two chains of lymph nodes that are uh, quite large in younger kids, and then atrophy before puberty. Uh, These these chains drain the nasopharynx, adenoids, posterior paranasal sinuses, middle ear, eustachian tubes. Uh, and infections in those areas can lead to a suppurative adenitis in the retropharyngeal nodes. Infections here will typically progress from a cellulitis to an organized phlegmon to an abscess, and early antibiotics uh, can frequently stop that progression. In terms of epidemiology, these infections are most common in kids age 2 to 4. Uh, these can include, occur in other age groups, however, including neonates. Uh, the microbiology of these infections, they're often polymicrobial, the predominant uh, bugs are usually group based strep staff, including MRSA and respiratory anaerobes. You can occasionally see Haemophilus species, uh, and it is common for both aerobes and anaerobes to be found simultaneously. Uh, in terms of how these present early on, they can present just with signs of symptoms of, and signs of pharyngitis. As uh, the illness progresses, the kids may look more ill, they can present with dysphagia, odynophagia, or drooling. Uh, They can have torticollis, especially an unwillingness to extend the neck. They can have a change in voice, including a muffled hot potato or gurgling voice. They may present respiratory distress, uh, particularly with stridor. Uh, They may uh, have neck swelling or mass or just pronounced adenopathy. Uh, About 20% will have trismus, and if there's mediastinal extension, you can see uh, chest pain. These can mimic epiglottitis, but typically the symptoms will progress more slowly. On exam, if drilling is present, you do need to consider epiglottitis and limit the oropharyngeal exam and be prepared to establish an airway. Uh, otherwise, if you're able to see the posterior pharynx, you may see midline or unilateral swelling of the posterior pharyngeal wall. It may be fluctuant if you can palpate it, but you should not. Uh, but you should try very hard not to rupture it. If you're going to try to palpate it, uh, you want to use a Trendelenburg position with suction ready. Also on exam, typically you're going to see anterior cervical nodes. And if the infection is spread to the lateral pharyngeal space, a neck mass may be present. Uh, Labs are uh, not particularly helpful or specific. Typically, you'd want to get a CBC and a blood culture. If you're going to get a culture, you'd want to try to get aerobic and anaerobic cultures, but these are rarely positive. Uh, You also want to get a routine throat culture. In terms of imaging, uh, you can start with lateral neck x-rays. Uh, but these are not as helpful ones as CT. Uh, if you're going to do lateral neck x-rays, you must ab- uh, obtain them as a perfect lateral with neck and extension during inspiration. Otherwise, there's a risk of a false appearance of a thickening of the pre- prevertebral space. If an abscess is present, the prevertebral space is increased in depth compared to the AP measurement of the adjacent vertebral body. Vertebral body. Or if you see a prevertebral space of greater than 7 millimeters at C2 or greater than 14 millimeters at C6 in kids, that would be considered a widened prevertebral space. You can also see loss or reversal of a normal cervical lordosis due to spasm or inflammation. The study of choice, though, is a CT neck with IV contrast. Uh, That can differentiate between cellulitis and abscess, can determine the degree of spread, uh, but this is not a perfect study either. Uh, as it has uh, only a sensitivity of sixty four to one hundred percent and a specificity of forty five to eighty four percent. Differential diagnosis includes other infections, including epiglottitis, croup, bacterial tracheitis, and peritonsilar abscess, uh, trauma or airway foreign body, angioedema or anaphylaxis, tumors such as cystic hygroma or hemangioma, other causes of torticollis, including meningitis, C spine, uh, C spine osteomyelitis spinal injury, or dystonic reaction, and certain toxins, including tetanus or black widow. Uh, treatment is with antibiotics. These may prevent progression from phlegmon to abscess, and small, some small abscesses may be successfully treated without uh, going to the operating room. If you're going to try antibiotics, these should cover group A strep, staff, including MRSA, and respiratory anaerobes. So typically, you'd start with unison if the MRSA risk is low versus clindamycin. If they're not responding, you'd want to add vancomycin or linazolid. Surgical drainage is indicated for airway compromise, uh, anything, uh, any sort of large abscess on the CT, uh, or failure to respond to IV antibiotics. Complications of a retropharyngeal abscess include airway obstruction, sepsis, aspiration pneumonia if it ruptures into the airway, internal jugular vein thrombosis, Lamiera's syndrome, or, and uh, carotid artery rupture as well as mediastinitis and atlantoaxial dislocation. Prognosis is generally very good. Uh, these kids rarely have long-term problems as long as they're treated early. Relapse can be seen in 1% to 5%, uh, and that is usually going to be associated with trauma or anatomic abnormality. That is it for retropharyngeal infections. Thanks for listening. Emergency Medical Minute is and always will be about free medical education. Medicine's most prolific podcast is successful because of our supporters, donors, and of course, our listeners. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you support spreading free medical education, please donate at our website, emergencymedicalminute.com. As always, keep listening.